This is your city. This is your city wants to know. We want to know the background, the heartbeat of what makes up our beautiful cities. We dig into the backstories from the struggles to the successes of our local entrepreneurs, small business owners, artists, not-for-profit organizations, and the many, many people who make up the intricate tapestry of our communities. Real people, real stories, by you and for you. But wait, that's not it. I love giving my opinion. Just ask anyone who knows me. We can't get enough of the honest, gritty feedback of places that we spend our hard-earned money. I'll give you the good, the bad, and the ugly of the places I eat, sleep, and visit. Disclaimer, my opinion, my opinion only. All right, so come on, let's get to it. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for tuning in once again to This Is Your City. I have an amazing guest today. I, I want to get right to it because there's so much to unpack, so much to unpack. You guys know how I am so pro-woman and strong women and women in business and making a difference in the world. And my guest today, she's up there at the top of the charts and she's continuing to soar. There's no end in sight for what she's capable of doing and what she's done and how she can teach us. My guest today is Lori Nickel, and she is the CEO of Second Harvest. And we're going to have her talk to us a little bit and explain to us about Second Harvest. I'm not one to bore people with stats because I love stats and I love things like that, but I really am going to get into some stats during this interview because I think it's going to blow your mind when she tells you some of these stats in Canada about food waste, okay? We know that there's an apparent food shortage going on right now, and you've heard me go on rants about this. And when I kind of learned about Lori and what she does, I was I was angry. I was angry. But not at me. Uh, not at you. <laughs> this apparent food shortage and then what you do I'm just like wow okay so Lori welcome to the show thank you so much for being here today you're an extremely busy woman but you took the time for us thank you thank you, you I'm happy to be here I'm fantastic 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 Both of us had a tiny bit of technical difficulties this morning but we're past that it's over <laughs> we're done with that Lori second harvest let's get into it tell me Tell our guest, what is Second Harvest? Second Harvest is a really cool charity. So we are Canada's largest food rescue organization. And what that means is we rescue surplus food from right across the supply chain, from the farm all the way to the retail or a hotel or a restaurant, everywhere in between. And we redirect that great food, healthy food to charities and nonprofits across Canada. So primarily our work is food rescue, but we also do training and education. Uh, so we make sure that charities, nonprofits can be food safe certified to ensure that they're managing uh, cold chain properly. We do food waste audits. We also do research because we really need to understand uh, if we have a problem, what's the depth of the problem so that we can create change and real change. And we also do a, a fair bit of advocacy. As I was saying to you earlier, I was just talking to an MP <laughs> before this call to say, okay, we've got a problem in Canada. We've got a food waste problem. We've also got really the highest numbers of food insecurity this country has ever seen. And we need we, we need to put back some of those supports that we had taken away 
because we thought COVID was over. Well, COVID isn't over, but whatever. Uh, there's still so many Canadians that just can't access their basic needs. And these are Canadians that have jobs. These are not people that you're thinking about typically. So um, we, we're really looking at systems change. And, and I say this often, my goal as a CEO of any charity or the goal of any executive at a charity should be to go out of business. We've got a problem. What's the solution? Let's figure out what the solution is, work towards the solution and then close the business. And then there'll be another problem. We can go deal with that. Yeah. So there'll always be. There will always unfortunately be a problem. <laughs> and I like what you just said that the food insecurity is not just, you know, sometimes when we think of people who don't have enough food to eat, we think of like the homeless or, mm -hmm. you know, but the, there's working poor. There is mm -hmm. more working poor in this country than ever before. Exactly. They work hard. They work long hours and still have to decide, which is, which is such an atrocity in this country between paying bills and feeding their their family exactly right yep. and it's perishable food yeah. that you're talking about here, yeah right? so at second harvest we're very unique in that we work with perishable food and we focus on produce protein and dairy and those are the hardest foods to access when you're low income because they're very expensive yeah. and when you're on a very fixed budget you you don't take risks with your food right so if you have kids, I was a low income single parent, you're like, I'm not going to buy broccoli, because I don't know if they're going to eat it, or only one of my children like it. So I'm not going to buy it because it's a risk. And I'm, and so you end up, and I've seen this time and time again, where you're just not getting the healthy food, or you're getting one, like peas, maybe, but that's it, and only peas. So you're only getting nutrients out of that one type of food that is really important. And protein is really important, like, uh, whether it's meat or, or vegetarian, is critical for mental health development, physical health development, educational outcomes. And so we're, if we don't deal with it at the beginning of a child's life, getting them the right nutrients, then we definitely deal with it during the middle. We definitely deal with it with education and health. And so it's really just preventative medicine to just get the right foods to people. You know, and I have to say this carefully to make it sound sensitive because we all know this, right? We all know we need to eat healthy, you know, education is important. Why do we eat healthy? How does, you know, each generation we have to educate because each generation coming up, that's what we have to do. And people know that we have to eat healthy, but it's not always a good choice. It's not always a choice. You can go buy three bags of potato chips for $4, exactly. but you can't buy any asparagus for under $7.99. So and lettuce is $4.99 right now, a head of lettuce. Exactly. You know, so it's, it's kind of protein. You can't go buy chicken good chicken that isn't full of poison, but you can go buy five bags of pasta. So yes, that's good, but you still need good protein. You still need healthy food. And when I said a second ago that I was, I was so upset because this food shortage that this country is in, if we've only seen the waste that this country does corporately, corporate companies, the waste of food, and then they have a, you know, the gall to say that we're having a food shortage. And then I come across you and I was like, oh, like, this is what we need to hear. This is what we need to see. And you mentioned a few companies now or organizations, larger organizations. Can I ask you about um, cruise ships, cruises? Do you guys do anything about that food waste? No, no. we really don't. I think um, I think we have once, like once we've gotten a call from a cruise ship in, in British Columbia and we did manage that, but it's. Not typically, to be fair. Oh, yeah. um, and and sure, there's a 
<laughs> but it's not just cruise ships. Agreed. I mean, cruise ships for many reasons, I think don't need to exist yeah. at all. Period. Like, yeah, save yeah. yourself the money and don't go on a cruise ship. I agree. Um, but when you're looking just up the supply chain, right? Like manufacturers, processors, we we waste fifty eight percent of all the food that's produced for Canadians, which is more than we eat. And 58%, that's eight percent, folks. I want you to hear what she said. We waste fifty eight percent. Like, just let that sink in for a second. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Lori, but those numbers, I think we have to hear. We can't just like, oh, okay, and let it go. We can't. No, we can't. We really can't because what's happening is most of this food is ending up in landfill and it's creating methane gas, which is a direct contributor to the climate crisis. And Canada is warming up at a higher rate than any other region in the world. And I don't think we realize that as Canadians, like we are, we have the worst reputation for food waste globally, us. And we are getting hotter than any other region in the world. That, like, that that isn't making people. Ugh. <laughs> they often say why, right? I don't know. Right, and and I mean, like, we're long past the conversations of is climate change real? Of course, it's real. I mean, honest to gosh, we see the fires, we see the floods, we saw which is the devastation on the east coast. We know that it's real, so that's not a conversation we can have anymore. And I refuse to have it. So, how are we managing? And and I think also people don't, you know, you don't think food waste and automatically go climate change, but the amount of food that's wasted globally uh, contributes about 10%, eight, between eight and 10% of all GHGs. So it's also a really simple fix, right? When you're thinking oil and gas, there's, it's a lot more complicated, but when you're thinking food waste, like no producer yeah. grows food to waste it. Nobody buys food to waste it. So I think there's just, a um, we don't understand it. And it's a fairly new phenomenon too, right? Like World War II, we weren't wasting food. And then uh, the globalization of food, we waste a lot of food Glo yeah. and it's global. Like it is global. It is global. And I'm not saying there isn't a food shortage. I just. there What there is, is there's supply chain challenges. And so there's not a, a global food. Well, that's not fair. In developing countries, there's absolutely uh, significant food shortages. And there's 100%. also significant food waste, to be fair. And that's because of a lack of infrastructure. Um, so there's different reasons for it. But what we find is that there are food shortages in different commodities at different times. So it's not like it's a whole food shortage and we don't have enough food in Canada. It's like we are not getting certain commodities. And for a myriad of reasons, but the truth is we're so spoiled here, right? Like we can have oh. strawberries in the winter. We can have raspberries. We can have... We don't eat seasonally at all anymore. I mean, not everybody, but, and, and, and that's not as an individual, that's not my fault. Like, it's not like I chose to do that. I, I grew up in a system that was, I assume that strawberries were available so I could have them. When in fact, when we look deeper in the food system, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should start eating locally and you'll see your, your food choices will be very different. You know, and people say, yeah, you can eat locally. I'd like to eat locally, but I just can't afford to eat locally. And, and there's like, we could go down this, this road of all of these things that people say, which are true and why. The fact not true. I don't know that that's true, to be honest. Well, you might I, not get everything you want locally. Exactly. I agree. And lately I've been noticing for myself personally, I went on this rant and about this bag of apples that I had and I wasted the bag of apples, Lori. I wasted the bag of apples. We bought a bag. I, I cut one in half, got distracted, forgot about it left it there, came back, go, went, oh, oh, that, it's not even a spot of brown. Like I remember making salads with apples and stuff and you'd have to pour lemon juice on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Bad. I left it there and then I'm like, well, that's odd. I cut it in another, so into fours, came back. Hmm, now I got a science project on my hands. 72 hours, I left that apple on my counter, huh. cut. 
Nothing happened. Didn't go brown. Left the bag out on my counter for over a month. Nothing. Still rock hard. Not one brown spot except on one apple. I couldn't eat the apples, Lori. I was so nervous about eating those apples that would not go bad after a month. I couldn't. Yeah, except for you bought them in Canada. I would say eat the apples. To be fair, like one of the things that is great about Canada is we have like the safest food in the world as well. So we, our CFIA is very diligent about it. So if they've put some, to know. something, I, I'm not sure what was going on with your apples to be fair, uh, <laughs> but it, it's not something that would have happened in a vacuum. Like if there's right. some kind of yeah. coating that they put on it to keep it longer then that would have been tested repeatedly before it was ever approved in Canada, because we are very hardcore about our food safety. So I, I know it's weird. <laughs> I've not heard, to be fair, I've not heard that. Um, but I also know that our, our, our food is incredibly safe here. So yeah. I would have eaten them. Oh. And I, or else I would have called the place and said, what's going on? Like, or oh, Googled yeah, it. No, like, I, I was posting it on Facebook saying, okay, now I'm doing a self-science project for you guys to see these apples. But did you call the manufacturer? Mask? I did it. Well, I why did. not? I don't know. I, you know, I'm usually that person who would, I don't know why I didn't think about it. Cause now I'm interested. So just send me the name of the, the, yeah. the name of the, manufacturer that's yeah. interesting that would be that's great actually if we can get an apple that is done and it's done naturally like it you know without a chemical compound like and yeah. it very well maybe that would be awesome because that's the challenge with apples right like is that they, they do go brown and so we all put lemon juice on them or yeah. seven up i've heard too to be fair <laughs> never heard that that's cool but i like that you started in numbers i was going to wait to get into that but let's do it okay and i want to also let my my audience know that we're talking right now, we're going to talk about Canada. Yes. yes, we're going to talk globally, but this is Canada, you know, and you had said something about 60% of food produced in Canada. No, for Canadians. So that includes imports too. Okay. Okay. Because, and I also read somewhere that it was like 35 million tons that are lost and wasted annually. Yeah. Is that So that's correct. Sorry, I'm just going to grab this and I would recommend everybody read The Avoidable Crisis of Food Waste. I, I We have the technical report, but I like a good easy roadmap. Wait, <laughs> let me it, write that down so I can put that in the, uh, <coughs> excuse me. If, if you just go to the Second Harvest research, all of our research is there, so you'll see that. Perfect. But Perfect. basically what we did is we looked across the supply <coughs> chain to better understand, A, what was interesting to me was I, when I was working, I'm like, okay, so how much is food is wasted? And I just assumed that somebody had done the research. I think yeah. we all make a lot of assumptions that way, that somebody's done something. And to find out that it hadn't been, we're all using some kind of old data. <coughs> you okay? Me, yeah. No, it's okay. You're, you're choking. <coughs> I swallowed air. Water. Oh, it happened. I swallowed air. <laughs> all right. Sorry about that. No, no don't be. So, so this takes us on the, the life of a tomato. Like if I'm produced and then what happens to me and how waste can happen. So we can understand this is okay. why. I so 58% of all the food produced for Canadians is lost or wasted. Now, not all of that is edible, right? So there's bones inside of that and some pieces of, of food that is not edible. Right. Of the edible, it's about 11.2 million metric tons. It's enough food to feed every Canadian for free for five months. What? Say that again. It's enough to feed every Canadian for free for five months. Yeah, five months. So, you know, there's a real dichotomy in this country and others um, where we have more than enough food to feed everybody. And yet there's so many people that are food insecure. Mm -hmm. And that was another piece of research that we did. So I should have I moved my computer. So everything's kind of over there. Okay. I think everybody, this is another one. It's called Canada's Invisible Food Network. And it's another one because I was a low-income single parent and I'm familiar with what it's like to be food insecure with children. And it's terrifying and scary. And 
And I never went to a food bank. And so every time everybody says, you know, when people, where are people getting food? Everybody says food bank. And I'm like, but I never did. And everybody I know never did. And we all had food insecurity. So we mapped out every place in Canada that people can access food and are accessing food. And we learned that there's 61,000 places that are nonprofits or charities that are giving out food to Canadians at low or no cost, mostly no cost to be fair. And there are 4,500 food banks in the food bank network. So that's why we call it Canada's Invisible Food Network because everywhere you go, it's existing, right? For every grocery store, there are four nonprofits that are giving out food. One grocery wow. store to four nonprofits giving out food. So it's a big, big, big system across this country. Uh, that's unfortunate, right? Like, wow. Yeah. So that, those are my, those are my big scary numbers. And then uh, the third piece of research we did was really to understand. So how much of this food, we know that 58% is wasted and we know there's 11 million that could be donated. So let's go to the, the industry and find out how much is actually being donated versus right. how much could be donated. And we learned there's a great opportunity available because only 4% is actually being donated of all of it. And not that everybody has stuff to donate. I would say primarily they do. Anybody working in food, there's always something, but yeah. for some reasons, maybe they can't. Of these are the people that have said, yes, we have it. 4% are donating it to not just a second harvest, just donating it, period. Like That's, just donating that's it. really low. And that's really hurts my heart. It's sad, but I think there's a lot of uh, education that's required. You know, we have um, liability. People think there's liability. There's no liability. We have uh, food um, food donation acts in every province and territory. So if anybody was to get sued, and nobody has, to be fair, ever in the history of Canada, they're wow. all, everybody's protected. So I think there's work that needs to be done there to make sure that we are moving that food. It's not going in the landfill, creating greenhouse gases, and it's getting to human beings. Yeah. A while back, I watched this documentary and not to mention names but I'll mention names <clears throat> I think I think it was Walmart and the staggering amount of food that is wasted through Walmart alone and yeah. it it just showed all of the warehouses in the background that we don't see for food going to the land uh, landfills and that got I think that sparked me when I saw that doc documentary a few years ago that was really what sparked my like this can't be, there's gotta be something, there's gotta be something we can do. Why, why do they throw out so much food? And there's so much red tape. Like I asked um, um somebody who owned a Tim Hortons once there, that changed a little bit for the better, but this was, but why, why do you throw away so much food when there are so many places in this city alone that can use this? And it's basically it's government that doesn't allow it. It's not, that's the not true. It's not true. Well, that's what he told that's, me. So I know, but he was not, he was uneducated because that's never been the case. So that's what I hear a lot. And I, I'm like, I want to believe that people just don't know better. I, I feel I'm like it's a really easy that. way out because it's not true. Government totally supports donation. They give us money to move product. So that's not true. I'm, yeah, so that's please, not true. <laughs> and I'm also, I, I'm just going to go back to the Walmart. So what's yeah, the yeah. thing about Walmart? Um, is actually they're very invested in food waste and have been for years and, and eradicating it. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to preach about this any was a while back. Too, so. But they've been really good about investing in in food waste, and I, I would say they're kind of ahead. What what good. food waste is where it gets challenging is individuals. What they do is they, as consumers, we sometimes load up our cart with stuff. So if we're loading up our cart 
and then we leave our cart. So if there's any kind of uh, chicken or meat product, they have to throw that away because they don't know how long it's been there and because oh. it can get um, pathogens on it. And so is that Walmart's fault? No. <laughs> and that, that, that's not, I'm saying that's the only stuff that they throw away because it's not true. Right. But I, but they are like, honestly, I'm really impressed with what's happening in the, in the world of retail. There's a lot, lot further to go, but there's nobody saying, no, we're not doing that for those kind of reasons, like government that. says or whatever that doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. Everybody's trying. I think part of the challenge is with the bigger conglomerations. I think the monopolization of food is it's just hard when things are huge, right? There's a lot of bureaucracy. If everybody's trying, why is it such a staggering amount? Because we're not measuring it. I think it's that simple. So if we had at a federal level that said, uh, I mean, we made a commitment to the United Nations in 2015 that we would half food waste by 2030 because we all know that 2030 is that number yeah. where we, we're going to hit 1.5 degrees and, and we can't go back from that. And we, we're nowhere near getting to that we're in 2022, almost 2023, we're not measuring it. Right. So how are you going to half it if you don't even know what it is? So if we got government to mandate measurement, you have to tell all industry, you have to measure, you have to set targets, you have to hit those targets, but we're going to help you. We're going to provide you the tools. We're going to provide you the resources. I mean, for the most of Canada's small and mid-sized businesses. So maybe the bigger guys don't get it, right. but then there's going to be consequences. Like you have to hit those targets yeah. because we haven't done that, which is it's complicated when you're in the business to be fair it's like nothing is super easy yeah but if you do that and we did have 15 years and now we're down to seven then you will actually see a change yeah. because you're forced to see the change there will be consequences if you do not measure this it's, wow. that part to me is pretty simple yeah and let's do one more number before we move on though do you have a approximate cost financial value to the waste that's happening in this country i do do i remember it off the top of my head though i don't it's billions i want to say 11 it's you know what i this is what i do remember it's three percent of the gdp <laughs> but i can't remember the exact number <laughs> billion it's equivalent it to three percent of the gdp though wow so billions of dollars billions oh yeah billions and billions of dollars that's terrible. I should know that off the top of my head. I'm so sorry. I'm looking through the book going, I know it's oh, here no. somewhere, but I don't know about it. No, no. 48 billion. It's a ridiculous number. 48 it's billion. Somewhere. No, but I, I might be making that up to be fair. So like, let's it's just cross lot. it out because I cannot it's remember. A lot. Well, <laughs> it's a you lot. You have said in your own words and, and you kind of, I want to go backwards just for a second because I want to know a lot about you as well. But you do have a saying, I think that I, I read about you, which I love. Um, no waste, no hunger, or that's your vision. Yep. The no vision waste. of no waste, no hunger. No yes. waste, no hunger. And you just said, you know, how many people go and fill up their grocery carts and then leave things and, or, and I've seen people do it. Like you said, maybe it's chicken or something and they'll be like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want this. And they'll put it on a shelf instead of going exactly. back to put it in the fridge. Right. Like yep. I've put and put it back. I've never I always put, put it back. Yeah, exactly. Always. But I've seen people not put it back. And so right. That might seem really insignificant to a lot of people. You know, if we're talking billions of dollars, you know, my chicken's not going to, but if everybody had that mentality, 
you know, of course. then it, it's just going to get worse. So we have to start with our own self. We can only control ourselves. We can't control anybody else. So start with you, <laughs> put your chicken back, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I don't, because I actually don't think they realize that people, they're no, going to throw it away. They would yeah, just think someone, they would think someone's going to put it back, but you can't because you don't know how long it's been sitting out there and there are pathogens that will enter that chicken if it's at room temperature long enough. And so for everybody's oh. public health, we have to we have to get rid of that. Right. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have even thought about it. Thank you for educating me. You've already in this short little (laughs) podcast that we've done, you've educated me three (laughs) times and I'm like, yes, you know, I'm not that prideful to be, I like to be, I don't want to be dumb. (laughs) I like to be knowledgeable. And so that I can start with me. Right. So it's, it's not small. It might seem insignificant, but it's, it's not because if every 38 million people in this country had the same mentality, man, can you imagine? So we just got to start with us and small things Agreed. like that. Put it- Agreed. But also when you're shopping, you know, don't buy two for one. Okay. So I did just look that up. It's $49.64 billion. So it's almost $50 billion of, of food that financial we Financial waste. Yeah. Um, and that's in the household too. So, I mean, I always recommend to people buy less, you'll save yourself some money. You're going to end up throwing it away anyway. Um, and a lot of people, you know, we always want to bring a list and some people do and good for them. Uh, but most people don't, they think they know, and then they see something and you know, the grocery store is the best lobbying place of all, right? Like they market things at a certain height because they want to catch your eye and they want you to grab it. And they're like a two for one is it's not a two for one. If you're throwing one away, right? If you're buying bulk and you're not using it and you know, every time you go shopping, if you have to go and clean out your fridge, there's a problem, which to be fair, like it happens, right? So, so I just find that, and, and I, you know, this is what I do for a living, but it took me a while to just start. Okay. I'm just buying less. And I swear to God, I've saved so much money. And, uh, you know, my husband sometimes looks and he goes like, there's nothing to eat here. And I got to be honest. I'm like, yeah, there's not, there's not junk food. There's food to eat. There's exactly. exactly. <laughs> so yeah. if you think about it that way, just buy less because you're going to go out one night or you're going to, you know, order in one night or whatever. Something's always going to happen Buy less. And, you, and, and it's not, and, and I'm like, and I know being like low income, you, you got one shot, right? Like you're going weekly because you can't afford to go transit or yeah. whatever. You can't afford to go every day. So that, in a European country, I see that working well. I don't see it working well in Canada. You go once yeah. Um, yeah. and you get, and you shop the deals and know when to shop the deals. Yes. That's always, and, and also know things like flip, you know, to go see where the yep. sales are. Should you be able to go from place to place? Not everybody can. I understand that, but here's another thing. And my husband always tells me like, have a goal when you go shopping, because I have been bad to buy things because it's been on sale. Right. But there's no actual menu or recipe that you're putting together. Right. And I waste it because I didn't have a goal for it. Yep. So, hey, if you're going to go buy those mushrooms, we all know that mushrooms don't last that long. Make sure you have a recipe in mind or a goal in mind for those mushrooms, not just because yeah. they're on sale, because you'll end yeah. up throwing them away. Or don't. Or, or else, whatever it is you're doing, just make mushroom gravy. That's it. It's really easy to make. Cut up some mushrooms and throw it on your steak. Cut up some mushrooms <laughs> on anything <laughs> throw it on your chicken throw it on mushrooms are actually so versatile they go with everything so they do yeah please don't throw I, mushrooms. I say that because i just <laughs> I, I just ended up throwing out some mushrooms that i froze because i yeah. didn't want to waste them and then they got all watery uh, it was terrible so i so you, first you throw them in a soup or or in your spaghetti salad spaghetti sauce like mm-hmm. oh yeah anything. they're very versatile that's the one thing i never actually have thrown away because i can find a, a something but anyway here's the other tip i would say and you just said it freeze everything 
freeze everything. Honest to God. Like if it's meat, uh, freeze it. I always buy, I only buy 50% off meat. That's it because I can just throw it in the freezer and I'm, and yeah. and food is very expensive now. Like especially meat. Oh my gosh. So yeah. that's what I do. I go to the sales and you know, so it's going to be expired in two days. You know what? Expired. No, that's not true. Fine. No, there's no. Okay. There's another myth. Thanks. There's only five foods that expire in Canada, only five. And they are not meat. They are baby formula. They are insure products like insure for seniors. They are like protein bars if you're running a race. And it's all based on the nutrient complement of them. The other two are by prescription only. So those three, those people that are eating those things, they need the nutrients. Everything else is a best before date and it's arbitrary and it's conservative. So yes, uh, that, you've got lots of time before, on food. Yeah, best before, only with meat. Can I tell you that I was, I was ignorant. You just gave me another educational tip because um, the expiry or the best before date, my husband used to work in a food plant and he would say, Kim, no, it's just a suggestion when yes. certain things may break down, not being bad for you, just maybe not have the same flavor exactly. or the same, some, right? Like, yeah. And they'll lose some of the nutrients. Absolutely. Right. But, but it's not going to make you sick. So no, no but it, on meat it, nobody wants to get sick. So just nobody throw it in the freezer. Yeah. Like nobody advocates for anybody to eat poisonous food because it's gone bad. Don't just know how to manage and store your food properly. Yeah. But the, the meat one, if it says best before date and it's like two days away, it's on sale. It's not bad. Put it in the freezer. It's exactly. Fine. So that's another yeah. educational tip. I'm glad we're doing this. But fun. you had said you, you were raising some, um, a single mom, you said, right. Yep. And you said you were having to not food insecurity. Did you, did you say? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and that was kind of what sparked you volunteered at your son's school. I read somewhere and I that's did. what sparked yep. your passion in this. It so did bring me, bring us to that. And I'm getting somewhere with that because I, I really want people to, to hear your story. So when I was, I I've been living independently since I've been 15 and you can imagine like, I'm probably not the greatest household growing up in it. And uh, I got married, well, whatever, living in Kamala <laughs> when I was 18, had my first son when I was 21, second, 23, third, 26. And then my husband went away at 28. And so I was suddenly single with three young children and I was a bartender, I was a waitress. So I made decent money, but then, you know, I had to take care of these three kids. There's no daycare, like, <laughs> hey, who can afford daycare? Um, so I had, and I was working nights. So it was very scary terrifying but they were all in school at that point uh so i ran the child nutrition program the principal asked me to build basically a small business and that's what i did i started feeding kids 365 days and it was i think 360 kids to be honest every day and it had to be you know it had to be three food groups healthy i had to get staff which really are volunteers i had to find money to buy all the food because there was no money um so it was really entrepreneurial building this small business to feed mm. these kids every day and what made me passionate was, A, I loved it because we all had food and I never had to worry about my kids having food because there was food and there was always extra food. And then the, the volunteers would take some home. So I was <laughs> right. like, now I can worry about my rent. My rent is paid. I'm not worried about the food as much. Right. We're going to get, we're going to be better. And I, I just, I loved it. And I loved what I love most about it was <clears throat> the women, right? There was all women and it was different days, different volunteers. And it was women with different backgrounds. So there was the ESL women, like different countries they were coming from. There were women that were like in very abusive situations, like very like 
would break your heart, abusive situations, and they were allowed to volunteer. They were agoraphobic. There was, and what this great thing did was it brought these women together, including me, and we all kind of got lost, right? Before, and then we came together and we remembered, oh yeah, we're pretty awesome. And we, you know, built each other up and we got confidence and we, we felt good about ourselves. And I'm so proud because uh, some of the, the women left really abusive relationships, which was, you know, scary and they hadn't, and they'd been in them for years and years and years, or they got full-time employment because they, then they had these skills that they could take on and they had, but again, it, to me, it all, it comes back to just having a sense of self and having yeah. confidence in yourself yeah. and, and for me too. So it, uh, it built us up to a place that we had so lost ourselves in. And so, yeah, I'm pretty passionate, pretty passionate about women and and empowering women and making sure everybody has access to the food they need to be healthy and to thrive. And so, yeah, I've just been doing this my whole life now. Uh, I didn't yeah. think it was not a career goal at all. <laughs> the way well, it all played out. <laughs> I read, I read you had said something and it really struck in my heart because I too grew up in, in situations, but many of us did like, yep. you know, it's not a cry story of mine, but you know, food, food insecurity. We didn't call it that back then. We were poor and we were hungry, yep. right? <clears throat> and we had to go and depend on other people to leave boxes at our door of food or, you know, stuff like that. And I saw you, I read something that you said, um, you can't tell who's hungry just by looking. When you were volunteering, because that's where it started for you, I believe, this passion yep. of food and food waste. And you can't tell who's hungry just by looking. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so true. Uh-huh. And this group of women yourself, that grew into a passion and you, you have come so far from a single mother of three and, you know, many things in between, because we all have life. Yeah. We all have stories and they're all true and real, but I just want, before we go, I want my listeners to, to know you a little bit better. And the reason I like my podcast to get behind the scenes, not just talk about second harvest, but talk about the story behind it is because we all have a story, Lori, and it's, it's never our ending. Right. And I want people to know you came a single mom of three young kids. You saw this food waste, you volunteered at the school, you saw these really insightful things, but that you can't tell who's hungry by looking at them. You're, you're with Second Harvest that is changing the way we see things in our country and the world. You're changing the world, believe it or not, okay? Oh, and, I believe I know, it, you know but that. it's not me. It's a like it's a, everybody, yes. everybody who's oh, doing absolutely. something, all the charities, all food industry, like we're all absolutely. trying to fix a systems problem. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's so humble of you to say, because that's what humble people do. They always put... The spotlight on others around them too and and thank you for that and i love women who do that you see you see that's why i have you on here but here's some things about you that people i feel need to know you were recognized by the united nations the united nations, as a as canada's food hero yeah okay i almost cool. like want to put a cape <laughs> on you right like you know you were recognized by united nations in 2020 i think as Canada's food hero. And this is monumental in a person's career, in your work, but it didn't stop there. And in 2021, you were named Canada's woman of influence. Oh my gosh, my heart beats fast. Like woman of influence. I love it. So you're Canada's food hero. You're a woman of influence. But then 
you were also appointed the Order of Ontario. And these are stepping stones, right? Like these are just, look where I was and look where I am and look where I'm going. And I, I have no plans on stopping. No. Because you have a passion. Because it's not about those awards. It's got nothing to do with the awards. Nothing to do with the awards. Those are just byproducts of your passion. And exactly. I love that. I love that. And this is this is where I'm going with that. I'm loving it for young girls and women to hear your story. I'm loving it for anyone, not just young girls and women, anyone, but I just really have a strong passion for young girls and women to thrive in our world. But anyone really, this is, this is a testament that if you have drive, if you have passion, you can pretty much accomplish anything you put your mind to. Right. And, and just what you just did. And I want to say, stay humble. Did you see what Lori just did? She passed the buck, if you will, when I was trying to give her accolades She's like, it wasn't all about me. I mean, I had a team of people and that's so true. We can never do any of this on our own, but stay humble, stay positive, stay keep positive. Your integrity, keep your integrity and great things are available to you. And, and Lori, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful and humbled that you gave us your time. But before we go, I want to ask you two things. Let's, let's touch two things. First thing is, what would you say to those listening who feel that they're only one person, they can't change the world. Well, that's a fair. Only one person can change the world, but everybody doing one thing can change the world. So do the one thing. Do the one thing. And, you know, I want to add to that. Um, I heard this not too long ago. You might not be able to change the world on a global scale, but you can change your world. Exactly. It starts with you, starts with your home, you know, and, and, Lori educated us on a few things today that can help us start to change our world. And I just love that you said that you can do one thing. Do one thing and start now. Don't wait. Start now. It's never too late. Never too late. And then second of all, how you've, you've educated us, thankfully, how or what can people do to help lessen our food waste? You've already given us some things, but to help with second harvest, like what what can we do for Second Harvest? Well, we're a charity, so we're always looking for donations. Go to the Second Harvest website, and uh, absolutely, we will spend your money well. <laughs> but on top of that, uh, what I would love everybody to do is contact their local MP and say, you don't like food waste, and mm. we like what Second Harvest is doing, or what are you doing, government? We believe in measurement. So the, the big changes, the systemic changes have to come from policy interventions. Policy interventions come when citizens like us elect our politicians and say, this isn't okay. We, we shouldn't be the country that's warming at the fastest. We shouldn't be embarrassed by being the country with the most waste. So oh my gosh, call, yeah. your, call your MP, call your MPP, call your yeah. municipality and bug them. That's what I like to do. Bug, 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 bug. <laughs> and I love that. And, you know, people who are listening and watching, rewind this when you, and then write it down what she just said. Rewind this and write it down and then listen to it again. And that's, that's very good advice. And, and I'm so grateful to you, Lori. It's been an honor speaking with you today. I it's think been it's, fun. Come on. That's an honor. It's not an honor. I find, like, I really, 
who am I? I'm just Kim and I just have this podcast, you know, and when people like yourself take the time to, to what speak- a horrible thing. No, you just pull. Okay. Stop that. Hang on, pull okay. back. Don't say that. I'm just Kim. That see that negates the wonderfulness that is Kim. And that, uh, and that, that's advice I give to all women. We got to right. stop doing that. I'm Kim. I'm awesome. Yeah. I can't empower you. If you're not empowering yourself. Right. <laughs> you're awesome. You. We're awesome. Thank you. But I am honored. I am honored that you took some time out of your day and you speak with us and you educate us. And I love what you do. And I really encourage all my listeners to go on the website, Second Harvest, and learn. Just educate ourselves. It's it's a new education. It's not like, yeah, we need to eat healthy. We all know that. This is a new education that we probably don't know a lot about. Yeah. And and there's lots of resources too. So if you want to learn how to limit your own food waste, go to the website. You'll find it. There's lots of resources. So All right. Thank you. Thank you. Keep us updated what was happening. If anything new comes along, let's talk about it. Let's put it out there. All right. Um, yeah, I just think that's great. And, and for my listeners, as I always say, like, like this, tweet this, download this, share this, send a pigeon, whatever it is you do, make sure you continue to listen to This Is Your City. And we will see you again. Stay safe and stay blessed.